1201. Boy, do we got a lot to talk about with a guy who joins us on the Harbor One hotline as he does at noon each and every Tuesday. That is our guy, Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy, brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lapresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1 800 Get Hair by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Kern, good afternoon. How are you? Hello, Andrew. Hello, Christian. Hello. Are your uh, is are your years as a uh, small town lawyer coming into play here in covering the Patriots the last uh, what four days or so? <laughs> no, no, not not so much. I, I'll leave that to the uh, the actual attorneys. So, uh, what do you make of what we saw today and heard from the lawyer Rosemary? I want to get her name right. Rosemary Kearns Capiccio who came out with hot fire trying to deflect everybody away from what might be really going on here with uh, with Jack Jones. I'm curious for uh, your thoughts on the, uh, on the tactics of today. She's a defense lawyer, and her job is to defend. And in so doing, I think she effectively moved the goalposts away from the question of whether or not her client had two loaded guns with no permit and a large capacity magazine at Logan Airport into how did society react to the news of it? He's not being tried for being a thug. He's not in front of the court for that. He's in front of the court for the facts of the case as they stand. So I think that, excuse me, pardon It's all right. It's that time time of year. I'm good. I think what ends up happening on this is in in doing what she did very effectively causes people to interrogate their own intentions. How do people in the media who are covering this case, myself included, react to the charge that, hey, you're you're treating this individual differently because of institutional racism? And you look at yourself and say, am I? Or am I looking and reflecting on this individual's and what he's accused of, his background, and the team's disposition toward guns relative to what they've experienced within the last decade with Aaron Hernandez. That's what's relevant to me. The labels being applied, she said the word thug over and over. I don't think I've heard them uttered by main media. I'm positive that and much worse has been um, labeled to Jack Jones on social media, but you know, at Boss Pats fan five six seven four 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 is not <laughs> indicative yeah. of the treatment that he is getting. I think from the media itself. Okay, so uh, a couple real quickly. Do you do you think that um, the Patriots recommended Rosemary Scapaccio to Jack Jones? I have no idea. Absolutely okay. zero okay. idea. Okay, just curious. The other aspect of this is. How important is the narrative that his defense attorney will build in regards to him keeping his job moving forward? Um, I, I don't think it's relevant. I think the facts of the case, look, he is going to have, <clears throat> excuse me, a plausible explanation for why those guns were in his bag and he showed up at security. We can all understand, as much as we've said, how stupid can you be? We all know in our heart of hearts, he did not walk out of the door and say, yep, 
two guns they won't find. Here I go. So there's going to be an explanation as to why they were there, whether he forgot, somebody put him there, he took the wrong bag. There's going to be an explanation. Whether that explanation is sufficient and plausible enough for the Patriots to say, you know what, he's been a really good employee. This is totally out of left field and not indicative of either a careless individual or one who needs to have guns wherever he travels will probably decide, not whether or not he's found guilty or innocent of having a plausible explanation. Tommy Kern, of, of, NB- Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston here with Gresham Fourier. This is pure guess on my thought part, but methinks if Jack Jones has made it this long, he's likely to be on the roster coming up here when we hit camp at the end of uh, July. Am I wrong in thinking that? I have no idea. I mean, honest to God, I can't, I can't even sit here and predict, Andy. I mean, what happens behind the scenes, how plausible his explanations are. It happened on Friday. Um, yesterday was holiday. I'm sure the Patriots are still collecting information. We are in the media still collecting information. So to speculate today on whether or not he will be on the roster when his next court date comes, I couldn't even begin to pretend that I would have any kind of a guess. I mean, it's to me, prior to this, the only thing that changed between yesterday and today is his defense attorney showed up on the sidewalk and defended him. Mm-hmm. When I came into today, I'm like, look, you can't have what you saw. It's more likely than not the Patriots will move on from him. Again, the Aaron Hernandez, the specter of that, hangs over this franchise. Not equating in the least... Jack Jones with a psychopath and sociopath like Aaron Hernandez proved to be. But simply the presence of guns, there probably is close to zero tolerance for the Patriots, I would think, as an organization for them being transported. Additionally, I think that when we talk about Jack Jones' situation here, too, what becomes germane is the tweet that he sent in the wake of the John Morant um, situation. In dispensing advice on how one should as an athlete or successful person make sure that your guns are either carried somebody else around you has them you have a fall guy i don't know what it was exactly that he said but there was a plan in place for how you should comport yourself so that to me makes it less plausible that oh man the, the gun fairy just put him there so, how important is Jack Jones to this defense? I wouldn't say he's vital because they're really deep in the secondary and they have outstanding corners, um, particularly once Gonzalez turns into one. Jack, you know, Jonathan Jones had a very, very, very good start to the season. I should say a very good secondary, outstanding secondary, not outstanding corners. But they have interchangeable guys. They're just too small back there. Jack Jones is 5'11". doesn't make him really big but he's 5'11 with excellent ball skills he's aggressive he's a very good tackler he's a, he's a really good player and he's a valuable player and you know I you know texted a little bit with Devin McCourty yesterday and he simply said he is a good kid he just had a tough upbringing and sometimes it's hard for guys to shake loose from you know the way things that they have seen growing up but he did you know pledge this is a good kid he didn't just say oh that was a matter of time and I don't want to speak out of turn on Devin's behalf. I hope I wasn't betraying anything, you know, regarding him. But he said he's a good kid. So 
I don't know what that, whether that argues in, in favor of him coming back to the team or being given more leniency or whether that's an opinion shared by many or just Devin. But whether or not he plays for the team this year, I think regardless of whether or not Rosemary did a terrific job on the sidewalk today, he's got two felonies charged against him, and he's got a prior arrest while in college in the recent past, which was originally a felony and dropped down to a misdemeanor. It might be really hard for him to avoid jail time or at least probation. Well, Tommy, that's what's going to be, kind of lead into my next question is, if you're the Patriots, do you say, well, we're waiting on the NFL? And if you're the NFL, you're like, well, we're waiting on the courts. And are we just going to get the shell game of kind of passing the buck at this point? That's a part of the reason why I asked about him being on the roster because it feels like the NFL has, as usual, done a masterful job of being like, well, check the team, check the courts, check the league. Everybody can point at somebody else, and nobody has to officially say anything on the record about the deal. Again, to me, it's it's so early in it, <clears throat> and I do think that it's almost like you know, the federal government and the individual states. <laughs> the federal government will will have right. rules, but the individual states are going to be able to make their own <clears throat> judgments on things. Look, and the other aspect too is. You know, since the Aaron Hernandez situation, the Patriots, I'm sure, have an in-house security team that more rigorously, not to say that they weren't rigorous during the Hernandez situation, because it seemed as if they knew that he was having extreme difficulties, but they probably have a hell of a lot more intel on every single player and their disposition on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis and hear things, if there's anything to hear, than we do. If they haven't heard a peep about Jack Jones, except he got mad and didn't show up for a training session or two last year after he was injured, well, then they're probably more inclined to say, okay, it was a mistake, a horrible mistake, a terrible mistake for our brand, but we're going to move ahead. But if that security arm has heard of anything relative to any player, they're going to have that noted because they keep them busy down there. Is there any – Any comps? We we kind of went back and looked at other NFL players that got into just like a gun-related issue um, at some point in time during their career. Are there any comps that you look at and you go, huh, this one's similar and maybe it doesn't look as bleak as uh, I originally thought? You know, Phil pointed this out to me yesterday. Phil Perry, he he mentioned the Quinn and Williams situation. He had two guns, um, but they weren't loaded at an airport. And he actually had, I believe, in Alabama, according to Phil, and I should check this because I might be talking out of school and just relying on my very reliable friend, but um, he had a permit. So I don't think that there was – he had an Alabama permit. So Yeah, that yeah, Quinn Williams, yeah. So uh, this one is aggravated compared to that, extremely aggravated. Loaded, high-capacity clip, or whatever it's called. And – uh no permit. So again, it, it better be a plausible explanation somehow. And there has to be somebody, if he says, well, they just materialized, um, as it was pointed out to me last night, you have to produce the person who might have put them there. You can't just say, Gun yeah. Perry. Yeah. Hey, I, how surprised are you that this, this story doesn't seem to be getting any traction nationally? Honestly, maybe to an extent, the the optics that Rosemary Scapaccio referred to 
um, because I think we are much more conscious and cognizant as we should be of rushing to judgment on, you know, young black men and painting them in a particular way in the, in the broader media when accused of certain things. And maybe in the broader media, they don't understand that, okay, there's a backstory to this individual in New England um, where he did have some trouble in, in college and he was suspended toward the end of the year. And it is interesting in terms of the Patriots themselves because of what they experienced a decade ago, which still casts a pall. So I think that that could certainly enter into it. I think the, you know, the reticence that is well-founded of, of not rushing to judgment on young black men and then trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube afterwards if there is a plausible explanation. But uh, it's, it's certainly worth you know, continuing to interrogate locally on a football front. Will the local entrant in the in in the NFL continue to employ a player after a situation like this? Tommy, I have a football question for you, and yes, I admit it is connected to Buffalo. I root for their demise all the time. The city's a toilet, <laughs> all that stuff. The fact that Steph Diggs is now squawking about you're not listening to me with play calling, and I don't have a voice, and I'm not getting the ball enough. What do you make of all that kerfluffle in Buffalo? I think it's counterproductive, and when you look at it, it's a little bit similar to what really led to him moving on from Minnesota. It's hard to be a wide receiver and be wonderfully skilled and know that everything is dependent upon the play call, the offensive line, the protection, how the defense shades you, and they're told they're the most important players in the league now, right behind quarterbacks and, and really offensive tackles, yet they have very little control over how often they get the ball. So I see where it's coming from, but it's going to be counterproductive to their success this year if it's not even July 4th and he's already pissed off about the offense. Oh, baby. Hopefully it is a sign of more issues to come up there in Buffalo. Tommy Curt of NBC Sports Boston. Good chat, friend. We'll uh, talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tom. There we go. There goes uh, Tommy.